Get your butt pistol out of here. Episode 57 of Brew Bloods, and the lobsters are invading our lives again with the dogfish chalk lobster. And we tell you why craft beer drinkers are better than everybody else. So settle up, beer buddies. This is Brew Bloods. Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brew Bloods. There can't be good living where there is not good drinking. That from founding father Ben Benjamin Franklin. Isn't this your second Benjamin Franklin quote? Uh, yeah. What do you do about it? You want to fight? I'm you, just. You want to fight? It's somebody that you like to fake quote a lot. I'm you, just curious. Do you want to fight? No, no. It, it makes a lot of sense because it gives it credibility, like it is a real quote. I will put a, my fist right in your ass, and not <laughs> in a fun, a fun way. I will take you down. Had a little trouble getting both of those sentences out. You're just too riled up about it. I am. I'm. I'm very angry. <laughs> You're trying to challenge me on quotes, and I will not have it. I will not stand. I'm not. I will not have my you. my honor besmirched because you don't believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. I'm not actually challenging you. I'm just stating facts. And you confirmed it. I will no longer speak to you. This is the end of the show. <laughs> All right. See you later. The end of brood bloods. Out. Go out. Out. Go out. On episode fifty-seven. But welcome to those of you who are listening for the first time. Thanks for those of you uh, coming back again to listen to us. This is episode 57. It was a very short episode uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time. Yes. Well, it was very... I've decided to resume the show, so it was a very oh, short retreat. Okay. I've decided I, I put out a press release. The show is back on. I convened my rapid response committee, and we decided it would be better for all parties involved if we continue the show. That was a really quick press release. It was extremely quick. I, that's why they're called the Rapid Response Team. You finally use this team of 50 people we pay to write scripts for the show to actually do something and oh, no, this was an, earn an, earn an no, income. No, 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 no. I had a super PAC. I, had, I have, uh, just for the show, I hired another 50 people for my Rapid Response Team just to did, fix this whole problem. Did you forgive $50 million in loans to them as well? No, oh, no. They're still indebted. Oh, okay. Uh, Fair enough. No, I'm not doing that. Please. <laughs> Please. So you're worse than Trump is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Of course, we've known that. And I bring drugs and all kinds of murder. I bring everything over every single wall. <laughs> there's not even a part of you that is a good person, unlike no, no, what no. he said. If there's a wall, I will bring drugs over it. <laughs> I will bring violence you'll, over it. You'll I'll mule bring over guns. it. I will, I will mule drugs in my butt <laughs> over any wall. Every wall. Anywhere. Is, anywhere, yes. Doesn't matter if it's a retaining wall, I'll climb over that with drugs in my butt. Like a, like a small little picket fence? I've done it, yeah. I mean, it's kind of wall-esque. kind of counts. It's not a wall, but it's kind of like a wall. It's, hey, a it's fence wall, enough. whatever. Yes. If it, if it's a An bur- obstruction <laughs> that doesn't have a doorway? Yes. You'll climb over it with drugs in your butt. Absolutely. And yeah. guns. I'll shove at least one handgun up there. That makes sense. Maybe an AK-15. Yeah. Usually it's some sort of semiotic assault rifle. You have to do that now before they get you know outlawed. You're going to have a cachet in your butt. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. It's like the, uh, for the nerds out there, it's like the TARDIS. My butt is like the TARDIS. That's even too nerdy for me. I don't know what that is. Doctor Who, it's, oh, he has, okay. his little phone box spaceship is actually bigger on the uh, inside than it is on the outside. Anyways. have to say, I've never seen an episode of Doctor Who. That's one sci-fi se- uh, series I haven't ever watched. Uh, yeah, it's one I stopped watching. I got yeah. really bored with it. So so you don't care about uh, the British exit and its effect on Doctor Who because you don't watch it anymore. Yeah, exactly. I care more about what's, what's it going to do to Peaky Blinders. That's my concern. Yeah, that's a good question. And, and Game of Thrones. Yeah, it better not affect either one of those. The, uh, they've already said that it could really hurt the Game of Thrones production. So, Interesting. Yeah, because, you know, they can, with increased taxes now, with all these, because other countries are talking about leaving now, uh, or it could be, they're talking about the different taxes in various countries, and that could really increase the cost of production. Uh, not to speak of just getting in and out of those other countries now. 
Well, I guess they just need to do it in America then. Do it in northern right. Alaska. That's right. Bring it bring it back home. <laughs> That's what Trump wants, at least, right? Yeah. Set it in West Texas. <laughs> all of a sudden, it became all desert. <laughs> They're the sand people instead of the ice people. Yeah. Well, the uh, like the sand, the sand snakes, they could film them out in West Texas. That's true. They could. Although it was a little bit more verdant in those episodes, a little more green and tropical. You're going to get pretty much just tumbleweeds in, in the new sand snake area. And I mean, let's be honest, Corpus Christi ain't no King's Landing, so... <laughs> That's very true. It just isn't going to look as good. Nor is the Hill Country, yeah. That's true. Hill Country, one of the better areas, but... Yes, but it, it's no Ireland. No, that's true. Well, anyways, this is not the Game of Thrones show. That's for next episode, but... That's uh, for another shorty. Let's get to a little bruise in the news. A uh, couple of short stories here uh, this week. One is that, uh, basically, the Harris Poll organization confirmed that craft beer drinkers are better than everybody else. Who's Harris? Harris Poll is a... They're a national polling organization yeah. for... Hey, guys. Usually hear them credited with... Uh, uh, political oh hi harris <laughs> sorry i forgot to introduce you to the show he's dead now mr harris Pole. we killed him immediately he had um, no legs at all you'll usually hear them in reference to especially in the election season of uh you know taking polls of uh voters out there but uh in this guys case, named harris yes they're all they only go after guys named harris it's a very select poll yeah They'll, they will Although allow, aptly named they will allow harry's and harris sons in as well okay any version of harris okay yes. Uh, they serve. They, they decided to do something different this time and survey craft beer drinkers and their habits as far as uh, health go. They surveyed uh, 1,978 adults over 21 of May and found that 73% of craft beer fans uh, actually viewed drinking alcohol as an indulgence reserved for special occasions. Instead of just shotgunning beer just, just to yeah. get drunk as hell? And that compares to 67% for non-craft beer drinkers. Like your common America drinker? Uh, yes, yes, you're, yes, you're a Belgian beer fan who drinks America. Uh, they said that uh, it was actually noticeable among the younger, the millennial crowd, that 80% of the 21 Ooh. to 30 year old craft beer drinkers said they consider it to be a treat. Now, I wonder how much that has to do with money and the fact of that a lot of uh, millennials are in, highly in debt due to student loans. And they're spending all their money on artisan toast. And yeah, that's true, handcrafted small batch toast. <laughs> so I would guess it's probably somewhat in relation to income as well. I'm guessing as young people are wont to do, they would probably drink more heavily if they could afford it, but they don't want to drink swill, so they hold off. I feel like uh, millennials kind of show that Battlestar had everything right. Well, how's that? They all want to go back to the basics of growing their own stuff and creating their own stuff, and everything got mass-produced and easy, and now they want to take it back, you know, kind of no. like the end of Battlestar. Yeah, Spoiler yeah. alert for a 10-year-old show there for anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah. Uh, M- millennials are the people that are at the end of Battlestar, the new population. Yeah, they. Uh, on top of that, they said that uh, half of craft beer drinking respondents, 57%, said that they exercise several times a week versus 52% of the non-craft beer drinkers. <laughs> they blast those lats. And uh, also, 40% of craft beer drinkers said they prefer group exercise. They prefer to blast their lats together. <laughs> blast each other's lats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> blast a friend's lats. <laughs> Uh, well, we, you know, you think about it too. Uh, and they said in this article that some, I don't know, some person said, well, this is a unique opportunity for breweries to combine exercise with beer. <laughs> Very specific. I <laughs> know. Uh, um, so that, you know, we've seen this with we some have. of our local breweries that's uh, Tops and Collective. The they, yoga. They have yoga. They yoga their yoga pants their asses off. Yes. I think every week. So, and I think some of them, I think I heard that one of them was going to do a bike ride or some such. So, a lot of bike rides incorporate drinking, which is kind of interesting. True, true. There's the tour. So you to, can drink and drive on a bike. There's a tour de fat, which is not really healthy uh, biking. Not not like uh, 
high intense biking. It's yeah, pretty yeah. much you get on a bike and travel around town and drink beer in costumes. But you know, you're on a you're on some sort of physical thing that you're, requires you. You're to move exerting a little bit going yeah. in between spots. Yeah. So there's that. And lastly, they said that nearly 40% of craft beer drinkers said that they drink lower-calorie, non-alcoholic beverages in order to indulge on their favorite drinks, versus just 25% of other drinkers. And So this isn't the soda-drinking crowd that also drinks America. Right, exactly. Uh, and lastly, they said that uh, craft beer lovers tend to have more money and higher le- levels of education. That's definitely true on the other side of this bank of monitors. That's right. So you're welcome, craft beer drinkers. You are better than everybody else. <laughs> Good job, guys. Keep, it, keep drinking, guys. Keep it going. Yeah, because if you don't, then this podcast is really kind of pointless. Yeah, it, exactly. So, sadly, have you ever had a Sweetwater beer out of Atlanta? Uh, yes, I have. So, apparently last week, this is really sad, this really sucks, but two of their trailers were stolen, and uh, each trailer contained 20 pallets of uh, their <laughs> summer variety pack. Jeez. Yeah, so they, it was over 3,000, that's over 3,000 cases of beer that they lost, and they're a fairly small operation. They're not huge. They only have 140 employees. Uh, both trailers have been f- found, and they were that's, apparently quite destroyed. That's less. Uh, that's fewer employees than we have. Exactly. And we and make no money. We we are highly in the negative. <laughs> if there if there's another like a, some alerting alarming shade of red, that's that's how our ledger looks. <laughs> It's pretty much just all down. It doesn't help that we hire 50 people at a time. Who <laughs> right. Pretty much don't do anything. Yeah, and pay them 100000 each, which, you yeah. know, it doesn't make a lot of sense because we don't make any money. But right. They, they get 100000 each. And we all do it off of our friend's credit card, so that, you know, it kind of helps. <laughs> That's things. true. Oh, that does help. <laughs> and they're all, they all just sit here standing. They're standing in the corner right now just staring at us, staring at the back of your head, staring at the back <laughs> of these monitors, just gently weeping. Now, I was taking a look to see what I'd had. I have had their 420 Extra Pale Ale for sure. Yeah, I've had that one. I really like their beer. It's got, yeah. because of the, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, Sweetwater River, it's got a really, the water is really, I mean, water affects beer regardless, <laughs> regardless. That is true. Uh, but it can Man, affect you know so much stuff positively or negatively, but it really helps out in their case because whatever qualities or whatever, however that water, the elements that go into that water yeah. really give it a really nice soft taste, which is great. I want to say I've had the blue also. I'm not sure if I've had that one. It's hard because we don't get Sweetwater here in Texas. Yeah. Um, everywhere it, oh. apparently it's being distributed in very limited areas right now i want to say we both indulge in the blue in louisiana uh, you might, that's probably true that's probably true so it was something that wasn't a beta so we had to go yeah. for it they uh unfortunately so back to the theft here they as far as my last update i could find they still have not captured uh or found the thieves who stole these trucks and they're still missing 10 pallets of beer and don't worry mark will be on the case that's right I'm his gonna, investigative reporting i'm gonna get my deer cap and my my dear, dear hunting cap, my magnifying glass, and I will be on the hunt. He will send the group out that we pay $100,000 a year, and then he will pay them $100 a mile to go around looking for these guys. And as soon as I find the criminal in question, I will pull my automatic rifle out of my ass, <laughs> and I will unleash hell upon them. Hopefully he does that instead of accidentally pulling the drugs out, and then he's kind of stuck there and just gets his ass kicked. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, my fist doesn't get uh, stuck in my ass. That will be the scene when I take down the Sweetwater Thieves. That was great audio. They said the uh, Sweetwater Bandits, see? (laughs) You'll never get me, Mark. You'll never get me, see? Get your butt pistol out of here. (laughs) Okay, well, after this, we're going to talk about our very first dogfish beer, the Chalk Lobster. (laughs) 
Every episode of Brewbloods, we bring up the BJCP standards for the style of beer that we drink. But what is the BJCP? BJCP stands for Beer Judge Certification Program, and it's a non-profit organization that provides standards for the commercial beer, mead, and cider industries, as well as home brewers. And it provides a stable of qualified judges for sanctioned competitions that are certified through the BJCP exams. Back in the early 1980s, the American Homebrewers Association and the Home Wine and Beer Trade Association were the major domos of beer associations, both having national competitions and sanctioning local homebrew competitions. Both organizations were also interested in building up a roster of experienced beer judges, and so they joined forces to create the BJCP, overseen by the Beer Judge Certification Committee, which was comprised of two co-directors from each organization. The program was administered out of the AHA's offices, and they issued the first exam at the 1985 American Homebrewers Association Annual Conference in Estes Park, Colorado. The BJCP itself was a quasi-independent organization, but over the next decade, the BJCC grew increasingly assertive in voting on BJCP operations. In 1995, the BJCP put together a plan to get three additional BJCP members on the BJCC, and that committee worked to make the BJCP an organization that was completely independent of the BJCC. However, that same year, the AHA withdrew their support for the BJCP and announced that it was creating its own standards program. However, the AHA would abandon their plans in 1996. The Home Wine and Beer Trade Association was unable to run the ship by itself, and everyone expected the BJCP to collapse. However, in the decades since its inception, the roster of BJCP judges had exploded and in a small number of them decided to take over the program and run it on a volunteer basis. These volunteers established a board of directors, comprised of six regional representatives elected by the members of six geographical regions of the United States. And since that time, the BJCP has become the authority on beer standards. BJCP judges are ranked according to their scores on exams and experience points received through participating in competitions. The ranks include apprentice, recognized, certified, national, master, grandmaster, and honorary grandmaster. Anyone can become a BJCP judge as long as you study and apply yourself. Today, there are seven regions of the United States denoted by the BJCP and thus seven directors on the board. The BJCP itself has a roster of thousands of judges that collaborate continuously to establish and update standards in the rapidly evolving world of craft beer. So if we have a favorite subject on the show, at least as of late, since uh, it's beer, DL Geary's, aside, aside from that, our second favorite topic, <laughs> it's our respect for lobsters and lobster farmers. That's true. Lobsters have become almost a mascot for this excellent, fine show that you're putting into your ear holes now. Will it continue to be questionable? But for now, it is. For now, it is our mascot. If we had like a family crest, a Brewbloods family crest, it, will, it, it would be a lobster. We have been talking about revamping the logo, and I think we're going to put a lobster... Firmly, like square, square center, and that. Yeah. Now, will it make sense after this episode? No, it won't make any sense. But maybe that will gain more listenership because they're asking themselves, "Why would a beer drinker have feature lobster?" They'll be like, "Are they going to talk about that lobster?" Then we never do. No, we never mention it again. Yeah, it just never even. Somebody emails about it, never responds. Somebody calls, never talk about it. When we go to the Brewers Ball and somebody asks us, "Why do you feature a lobster in your logo?" We'll just stare at them and then slowly turn away and. 
walk slow as slow as possible out the door. Anytime anybody asks us about that, we'll give the same response as, you know, this is week three of asking Stefan for a KBS review and he still doesn't respond. Exactly. We'll do the same thing to them with when it comes to the actual lobster thing and the banner. To be fair, he is on his uh, like eighth week of vacation in Crete. But he's always on vacation. So that's, that, that's not really an sure excuse. He's a sweet. He is always on vacation. Exactly. But uh, we have great respect for lobsters. Lobsters are, they taste, they are delicious, delicious sea creatures. Uh, and on vacation again, guys. We have, uh, we have a lot of respect for the special forces that have been comprised of lobster farmers. Former and future lobster farmers. Because we have, we all, and when they leave the special forces, we know they all return to lobster farming. Well, anywhere in the great Northeast, anybody that deals with lobsters also has to deal with violence. Just because of Maine. Maine's known for lobsters. Maine's known for violence. And then that just spreads around with the lobsters. It yeah, kind of follows them around. So many mystical happenings, you know, in that state, they have to always be on guard. Exactly. For women. They have to protect the lobster. They have needful things around. They have crazy dogs. We've talked about this before. Yes. Yeah. Maine's covered in a lot of a lot of death and destruction. If you want to hear about all the occurrences in Maine, just go back to the D.L. Geary episode. Exactly. Ago. It's scary stuff. But for some reason... Don't, it keep- do it, don't do it in the dark. Don't listen late at night, because yes. that's a scary episode. Yes. We should have put a warning on there. Could be scary. Might poop yourself. Yes. So Poop probable. Given that lobsters are our mascot, I thought it it was... A friend of ours went to a bar the other day called Craft and Growl. It's, uh, that it's, is so it's generic. A, it's a, brew, it's a um, growler station. A and friend of ours went to a bar the other day. That's maybe the most generic well, thing that's been said. Okay. Do you want me to name them? <laughs> no, I don't care. Go ahead. Anyways, they're. I mean, you can. I don't care. And uh, the bartender convinced her to try a beer that was made out of lobster. And not only is it made out of lobster, it's made out of chocolate and lobster. Not a chocolate lobster. No, not a chocolate lobster. It's not like lobster, an Easter bunny, no. you know, that's made out of chocolate and then you bite its tail off and it says, ow, my butt or whatever. No, it's, it's not like that. It's not the primary gift on Valentine's Day. Right. Is the chocolate lobster that you hand your lady. Or on uh, Jesus Christ Day. Yes. On Jesus Rise Day? Yeah. Isn't that what Easter is? I think Jesus is risen. He Jesus Doesn't Jesus he, he rise doesn't he rise that day? I think it was risen to did. How about Jesus Rises Day? Jesus Or he ri- did rise this rise day. Rise did 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 dude. Used to rise. Did rise at one point. A rise. Yeah. Jesus got high day. There you go. But anyway, we'll and, go. And back. however that however that went with uh bunnies and stuff, I don't really know. I yeah, well, what I, never follow, I never followed that uh, line back you, to the I bunnies. know you skipped that book of the Bible back in back in uh, VBS. The bunny book? Yeah, the, the, uh, what you don't know, a little known secret. In book the, of bunnies? Uh, in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, this is not, they don't want you to know these. These are secrets. Is that bunnies are who nailed Jesus to the cross. They're super dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, super dead. Yes. yes. Uh, but yeah, it was bunnies who nailed Jesus to the cross. This is why we all hate bunnies now. Yeah, this is why sense. every time I see why a rabbit, make them into chocolate and eat them. Right, exactly. That's why they're sacrificed every year. That's why all chocolate rabbits have bits of real rabbit in them. Makes sense. So, in the spirit of lobster love, I guess Dogfish decided we're going to make something crazy. They they knew that we like lobsters and we hadn't reviewed them yet and they said, "You know what? If we make a lobster beer, those guys will do it." Yeah, they decided apparently they were having um they had made this beer originally to pair with a, chops, a chocolate lobster bisque and a white chocolate lobster salad slider. It's a very hard sense to say. Yeah, it is. So uh, Sam Cal- Calgioni, however you say his last name, happened to be at a dinner and uh, got a real, he said he got a real kick out of the beer, so he decided to brew a big batch for his pub and see what everybody else thought. And apparently it's been somewhat of a success because it's made. it's only available on, uh, on kegs. On tap, and it's uh, making its way. You have way to drink around. it off the top of a keg. That's right. It's only available on a keg. Yeah, that's exactly. 
So they uh, they started with a robust porter, and then they brewed it with live lobsters uh, that were added directly to the boil. Do you think they sing Rock Lobster the whole time they're dropping oh, it in there? Of course, of course. I, I have no doubt that the B-52s <laughs> and Fred Schneider were the inspiration, the original inspiration for the beer. It wasn't really, oh, we're trying to make a food pairing. No, it was like, how do we honor Fred Schneider? The, <laughs> Sam the, Calgione is just jamming out to Rock Lobster, and he's like, I'm just going to throw this in the brew pot. But he only this will be fine. His fa- he only listens to the uh, Fred Schneider parts. He cuts out all the ladies of the oh yeah of course in the band. He just listens to isolated Fred Schneider what tracks over and over again. Sign says, "Stay away, fools." <laughs> the man who sounds like a, a living muppet. Yes, exactly. How did that guy ever have a career with that? <laughs> I guess he's just such an oddity. It's unique. Yeah, it, it it's is unique. unique. I got me a Chrysler. It seats about twenty. Do you want to hear Sam explain how he came up with this idea? Yeah, go for it. He can probably do a better job than I. Uh, I I would venture to say yes. I grew up every summer near Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, on a jut of land called Dogfish Head, a head of land. And my best buddy that I saw his house across from mine turned out to grow up to be a lobsterman. Cheers to my good buddy Colin Yench, lobsterman. And I got an itch to tell you about him. In fact, I got an itch right now to tell you about Colin's work. That's right. He just sent us down a bunch of his lobsters that are going in, this is kind of weird, but this fellow here is going in to our chalk lobster beer. So Colin Yench harvests the lobsters and we send a boatload of Maine lobsters down here. Boom, right into the boil kettle in the whirlpool. We had cocoa nibs, we had basil, much like you would in a lobster roll. And that's how you get chalk lobster. 5.5 ABV, tastes like the ocean, come and see. Nice little, uh, nice little rhyme there at the end. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I had no idea who Sam was such a poet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently so. Maybe he only writes poems about lobsters, though. <laughs> that could be it. Yes, he's the one and only lobster poet. He couldn't be a lobster farmer, so or a lobsterman, <laughs> as he said. Now, before we get into our other beers, I guess we should uh, go in here a little bit about Dogfish Head Brewery. <laughs> Dogfish Head Brewery, named for Dogfish Head, Maine, is a brewery company based in Milton, Delaware, founded by Sam Calgione. Opening in 1995, Dogfish now produces 175,000 barrels of beer annually. The brewery has had so much success, it even hosted a Discovery Channel show called Brewmasters in 2010. The main line of Dogfish Head brews can be found in 31 states, as well as Washington, D.C. In addition to their staples, Dogfish often collaborates with other partners in and out of the beer industry. Some of these include names such as The Grateful Dead and Brooklyn Brine, a pickle company out of Brooklyn, New York. Their non-standard ingredients have ranged from raisins to pickles to even blue algae. They are, however, most known for their line of IPAs, the most popular being their 60, 90, and 120-minute offerings. These have been popular on their own or while being mixed with things such as maple syrup. Dogfish has also dabbled with Ancient Ales, a line of beers based on chemical analysis of pottery and drinking vessels from ancient sites in an attempt to bring back long-lost beer recipes. In addition to beer, Dogfish Head also operates a micro-distillery. The distillery is very small. Dogfish Head spirits are distributed only in Delaware and a handful of other states. So the BJCP standards for a robust porter. The aroma should be roasty. Along with a lightly burnt black malt character, the appearance should be medium brown to very dark. The flavor should be moderately strong malt with, uh, that features lightly burnt black malt character, just like the aroma. Mouthfeel should be medium to medium full with uh, low to moderately high carbonation. And the overall impression is that it should be a substantial malty dark ale with a complex and flavorful roasty character. Now, before we venture too much into this particular beer, I just wanted to briefly note all the other beers that uh, Dogfish does because... 
I think all of us have definitely early early in the game when we got into craft beer had some kind of dogfish exposure. I would think uh, it's right up there with having you know an arrogant bastard or uh, having a, a rogue dead guy ale or something. I mean, this is one of those. Sure, this is one of those you're probably going to find, and the one you're probably going to see is a dogfish head sixty minute IPA. Am I right? That's probably one of, of your course. first ventures into an IPA. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely the standard bears. One of the not the standard bear, one of the standard bears in craft beer. For sure. And I will say that I feel like their IPAs, all very highly rated, by the way, they're 90-minute Imperial, they're 60-minute, and they're 120, are all rated 198 and 99, and no lower than 97 in style. I think that their IPAs have a distinct IPA flavor opposed to a lot of other IPAs, actually. I would call them, here's an East Coast IPA, and I can tell the difference. Right. I mean, if you compare that to just a standard West Coast IPA, totally different, and, and very good. The other thing about them... Um, they seem to be very, very experimental, uh, opposed to a lot of the other big, big beer uh, companies. I know Stone does some every now and again, but I, I mean, compared to Dogfish, Dogfish will throw pieces of surfboards in there. They'll th- they like they're throwing lobsters in there. I don't know. They'll just do. They seem like they'll do anything. They did they, the, they're the ones who did the Midas Touch. Was um, that the, the Egyptian recipe? Yeah, it was yeah. the one they brought the fifty or how not fifty year old, several <laughs> five hundred year old, thousand year old, whatever it is. I don't know time, but they did uh, they did bring that back. It was a long expired recipe, and I I remember liking that. It gets an eighty nine. I don't think I've ever had it actually. Yeah, the Midas Touch was 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 pretty solid. Um, basically, all of their stuff almost that has over fifteen hundred ratings is at least in the eighties. Uh, they have one. One that's sitting in the 50s. Uh, but, you know, when you have this much experimental stuff, I think that really says a lot about your brewery that you can you can pull off all this stuff and still get this high of a rating. Yeah, it's it's nice to see someone that's uh, really, really creative without going into bit beers. I mean, I guess I guess Minus Touch is kind of a bit beer, but sure. at least it was an authentic beer recipe. It wasn't like, you know, sticking gonna, a beer up your butt and, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not the, second, of, the second time through beer or something. <laughs> a lot of butt talk in this episode. Yeah, that's... I mean, that could be another thing that goes up on the banner is a big butt. <laughs> Just a lobster hovering over a butt. <laughs> exactly. All right. So the chalk lobster. Do you want to we need to touch the commercial description? Do, you, do we think Sam? Uh, uh, I think Sam, maybe slightly inebriated Sam, uh, <laughs> described it well enough. The, I mean, he didn't necessarily talk to the details of it, but he talked about the inspiration. Yeah, That's pretty much what the commercial description is. Yeah. The ABV is, like you said, is uh, untapped at it as 5.6. He said 5.5. I'll go with Sam. Yeah. There is no IBU listed, so I'm guessing it's not going to have much bitterness at all. I would expect that, too. Especially being a porter. 78 overall on rate beer with 66 in style. Ooh. Uh, beer Advocate, 84. And untapped, a little low at 3.42. Yeah, so it looks like it may be a fair to Midland beer. We'll see. Yeah, is that your expectation on this, Mark? Uh, you know, if he says it tastes like the sea, come and see, uh, or tastes like the ocean, come whatever he said, whatever his little poem, his little ditty yeah. poem was. I think I think you were right. The I first time. I hope now I may not like it, um, but I hope it. I actually taste the ocean somewhat. If that's what he says is going to be there. Now, what I'm kind of hoping for is that maybe it's going to be a little salty, maybe a little briny, something like that. That's what I was going to say. I hope to get brine mouth. Yeah, uh, with, but, with a little chocolate kicker. Yeah, with a like. It's like you actually dipped. A live lobster in chocolate, kissed him, and then put it in your mouth. And just ate him shell and everything. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what I'm hoping That's to. what I'm hoping for, too. I'm that, definitely hoping for briny and salty. Yeah, yes. I'm hoping it's like eating a live lobster that's been buried in chocolate. And then you're like, man, that's too salt. Oh, there's the chocolate. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm hoping so for. So I expect a full like Aquaman experience here I do. in my mouth. Like well, if you chocolate dipped Aquaman and ate him. Yeah, exactly. That's what I. That's fully what I expect. That should be the commercial description. <laughs> like if you chocolate dipped Aquaman and ate him. 
Exactly. It's a perfect description. <laughs> maybe maybe a, a slightly even dirtier, like Merman from He-Man. True. There you go. He, or uh, the creature from the, from the Black Lagoon. One of those. If you want to get even worse. Yes. Well, yeah, that would be very dirty. I mean, I would expect that Aquaman is probably the finest of uh, upright sea, uh, sea people. He would probably taste the best if you were to eat Aquaman. True. Versus if, if the, the creature of the Black Lagoon, Black Lagoon has to be the worst. Yeah, I he would looks, agree with he, that. He looks like he's just... Or maybe like Moss Man. Maybe Moss Man, yeah. Although, I, mean, I, I guess he could live in the sea. I don't know. Moss doesn't really grow yeah, in the sea, he's just kind of... He's just... But he's nasty. He's just kind of moist all the time. If you wanted to eat him chocolate dipped, it would be nasty. <laughs> he, leaves, he leaves a slight <laughs> wet trail. Yes, he's exactly. just always moist. Whereas with Merman and... The Black Lagoon creature and Aquaman, they're just always just covered in... They're just surrounded by sea. I can't think of anything much worse than always being slightly moist. That seems really bad. <laughs> that does seem torturous. <laughs> I think I'd want to kill myself if I was always slightly moist. Now, the question is, always being slightly moist, is that what caused the moss to grow in him? Or did the moss <laughs> cause the moistness? Or does he need the moistness to not die because he's made of moss? Yeah, maybe maybe. I don't so. know which came first. It's really the, the chicken and egg of the Masters of the Universe series. Is <laughs> Did the moss come first or the moist? Of moss growth in the Masters of the Universe series. Maybe we'll finally find out in that live-action He-Man movie. That'll be the primary storyline. <laughs> the backstory of Moss Man. The, the secret origin of Moss Man <laughs> and his moistness. What came first? <laughs> his moistness or the moss? Oh, what a great log line for a movie. That will definitely be a shorty. We're going to yeah. go in depth on Moss Man. <laughs> So yeah, my expectations. I'm hoping for uh, salty lobster mouth. Absolutely. Um, and I may not like it, but if it if that's what they're driving for, then uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's go right into aroma here. I expect to have just aromas of the dirty sea, and I am not getting that. What I'm actually getting there is a lot of uh, like a little uh, spice in my mouth or my nose, my nose mouth. That's very herbal. Very herbal, and that, um, I'm that would be the coffee notes and the basil. Wow, yeah, that's a lot more herbal than I expected. Um, I guess you could trick your mind into thinking that's sea-like, but it's really herbal. It's almost like it, it's it's very fragrant. It's almost like walking into a, a head shop or somebody's bedroom where they were trying to cover up the scent of some other <laughs> herbal ingestion. Or somebody uh, like things. experimenting with all kinds of spices, cooking yeah. in their kitchen or something, and they're like, oh, I threw much, or uh, way I, too much of this spice I'll on there. I'll tell you what it, what's, a, what's an even better comparison is, uh, do you remember the store called Wixen Sticks I back in the 80s? It's like walking into a Wixen Sticks candle shop. Except not quite as candly. Yeah, but I'm saying you could easily... But it has like an over an overwhelming amount of aroma like that. I'll give you that for sure. I guarantee in 1987, you could have walked into a Wixen Sticks and found a candle that, that smelled almost just like this. That may be true. Let's get in our time machine and find out. <laughs> just right. to go to Wixen Sticks. What a great use of our invention. <laughs> like, yep, it sure does. Guys, so we just take off. We, we hold a press conference to say, we've finally broken through on time travel technology. <laughs> our primary mission will be go, to go back and find out... Can we find a basil and coffee scented <laughs> candle at Wix and Sticks? And then we're coming right back. In Abilene. And then, yeah, in Abilene. It has to be in Abilene, Texas. In 1987, yes. yes. And maybe we'll stop in at the Chess King while we're there. Pick <laughs> Why up some not? nice, some bleans. And Walden books. Or some acid wash jeans. <laughs> yeah, and a Walden books. I, I have to say, though, I don't mind the aroma. It's actually pretty cool. No, it, it smells quite lovely, but I don't smell any. I don't smell any merman in there or. No, I don't either. Or Mossman. No, no Mossman at all. I don't even smell the lovely, alluring scent of lobster at all. Yeah, I mean, you could almost fake that uh, herbal smell to kind of smell lobstery. I know lobster's actually in this, so it's not going to be completely fake, but uh, I think they probably added the herbal tinge to it to try to bring out a lobster aroma. 
but it doesn't it doesn't quite go there. But it's it's still good. Whatever the aroma is that they yeah, it's lovely. What, whatever the spice and that they did uh, to make this uh, aroma, it is pleasant. You know, we never just going back to the first segment or the second segment. We never talked about our how lobsters first intersected our lives. And that was not first, but one of the primary focal points uh, of lobsterdom in our lives was back in, uh, was it 2001, 2002, maybe even earlier than that. There was a local talk station here, uh, Live 105, and <laughs> there was a commercial that used to play just about every break from a uh, local condom dispensary called Condoms to Go. And they had a commercial with some guy that would put condoms on his hands. And then in the I commercial, think over his head, actually. over his head, and he, every commercial was, "Oh, I'm a lobster!" <laughs> yeah. So I guess he thought he looked like a lobster with a condom head. And for some reason, we became obsessed with that commercial. Well, for that was the because weirdest. It's one of the weirdest things ever. It's it's some of the it's one of the weirdest left turns for a condom shop. <laughs> I mean, we all love to put condoms over our heads, no doubt. Sure. Never thought of looking like a lobster though, but it's yeah, true, I, I guess. I guess, I guess, and so now we routinely we. I'll, every once in a while, it'll just break out. I'm and, a lobster. <laughs> and routinely. And routinely. I know that's probably boring to everybody else, but I felt like we had to put it out there. How, why lobsters become our mascot for the show, it's because of things like that. Yes. That's why we're willing to do it, just talking about it three times on that's the right. show. Now, appearance-wise, very dark, as expected. Uh, just really light shades of brown if you hold it directly up to the light. Otherwise, it's pretty much pitch black. It's pretty much pitch black against this candle flicker. I don't see anything. Yeah, and very subtle carbonation. It when we poured it initially, not a, not a big head at all. Uh, the the head a little bit of head is retained. Uh, it's got a very, very smooth appearance to it though. The carbonation is very smooth looking. Oh yeah, looks like it could be a, smooth. A nice ma- uh, new mattress that you lay down upon. Got to rub it in that you can afford one. That's right, purple mattress. Uh, yeah, there's not much carbonation at all, especially compared to you know like last week with Hebrews. Where it was pretty much like a fountain of carbonation in there. This yeah. is this is really not much at all. Not a lot. Uh, not a, lot not of a bad thing, but um, that could be good or bad. But it's it you know it's definitely not there. Lacing uh, lacing's moderate. It, yeah, it it doesn't stick very well. It just yeah, it's moderate. It slides off the glass pretty pretty quickly. All right, you ready to taste this snoot full of chocolate lobster? Nope, let's just end it here. All right, I need to call See another you guys press later. conference. That's an interesting flavor. I know we say that a lot, especially lately. An overused adjective in our world. Wow, there's a there's a plethora of flavors that come through in that. It's it's a an ocean rainbow of flavors in that drink. It is definitely capped off by dark chocolate. Yes. And there is there is an array of ocean flavors. I would say it's a little briny. A little bit. A little bit and that kind and of it comes out as as more of like a not quite a pickle flavor, but because it's not that briny, right? No no. It's I can't even I can't even find a, a food comparison to it, but it is a light brine, not not, not yeah, heavy, yeah. not a heavy brine like a pickle or. <clears throat> no, it's not. No, it's not that heavy. Uh, I will say, as it lingers, it feels even more lobstery. Like I, I, I get like a lobster, like a lobster hint in the mouth as it just sits there. I don't know if you're getting that too, but. Yeah, it's very it's very subtle, but it's it is subtle, there. But it is definitely there. But you definitely taste the ocean in this. It really is living up to what I thought this beer might be. Now, you know, I think the aroma helps it quite a bit, actually. If you take a whiff of that and drink, like that that spicy aroma on top of it, man, it really brings out the oceany flavor. Yeah, you're right. Really, It really does. The brine almost expresses itself almost as like a light sour yes. flavor. Yep. But I think it works, really works nicely against the sweeter notes of the chocolate. 
I think now, it really pairs. It's a nice balance. I think this beer would be terrible if the chocolate wasn't there, actually. I think the chocolate really helps us. Oh, yeah. If you just made a lobster lobster beer yeah. or a beer that was called I'm a lobster. <laughs> exactly. Then, yes, I would agree. That would probably be a terrible beer, which is probably why they... It's the fact they put chocolate in there. Yeah, well, not only that, but they probably didn't make the lobster fl- uh, flavor stronger. Because I'm, I would just have to guess that if you were just drinking a pure lobster beer or one here that had a stronger lobster presence, you, you might vomit. I don't know. Yeah. Unless... Cause I mean, I, I love lobster. I, lo- I love I love eating lobster too. Yeah. But I can't imagine drinking a lobster. Yeah, that's weird. It's just weird to ha- think of it in that. Well, I can imagine. I just don't want to. Yeah. I don't like imagining it. It's it kind of it's bringing, weird in that form. It's bringing tears to my eyes and my gag reflexes. Now I have to say, I think it's a little weird that Rape Beer gives us a sixty-six in style because this is such a unique standalone. I guess it is with Importer, so they have to rate it with Importer. I guess. But it's so... It's it's kind of a stunt beer. Yeah, it's, it's, it is it, a stunt beer. It There's is no a stunt beer. There's no doubt about it. Man, it has... I have to say, I'm very impressed with the seafood flavoring it has. I did not expect it to be this strong, given the actual aroma that we got i figured it'd be like oh there's some gonna be some spiciness that tries to kind of imitate more of a lobster flair and it's gonna be really chocolatey it's actually really interestingly balanced like that chocolate sits on the back of the tongue that seafood sits on the front and it's like it's like almost you ate a plate of seafood and drank a chocolate beer all all together it's really weird it, i don't i can't think of a better way to describe it than that Oh, would you call it more, when you say seafood, do you mean more like Long John Silver's? You put it in a blender with some chocolate? No, no, no. I would say more high quality. Like if you ate a pallet of oysters or you ate some you ate some lobster or some crab or something and you were drinking a chocolate beer with that, I think this is the mouth taste you would get with that. I really do. I think they hit it pretty well. Yeah, it's like if you went to Papa Do's, grabbed yourself a nice Maine lobster, you stuck it in your Ninja blender. Yeah, not not crappy fish from no, Long John's. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking not, about good quality. No McDonald's filet fish <laughs> Right, exactly. Or the uh, the when we used to work at Long John Silver's, those nasty uh, big fish fillets that were just would centered the heat lamp for yeah, 60 not those. Hours. No, not those, and not their nasty shrimp either, or yeah. anything like that. No, no, this is this is fine. This is quality, lobster. quality lobster that they obviously stuck in a blender with and put in some uh, not even some Hershey's chocolate, in no. some good fine chocolate, stuck it in their Ninja, and then put it in the boil. Do you think they actually oh, use a Ninja blender at uh, Dogfish Head? <laughs> Probably. They have, a, they have a giant one the size of a house. <laughs> this is exceeding expectations for me, to be honest. And it's lightly salty, too. I know. That's that's really good. That's a really good balance. It's that it. pairing of the salt and the brine that it's not overpowering, and it's lightly sour, which works, and then pair it with the chocolate, and it, it's just a nice little it's a nice little touch of ocean in my mouth. It is super balanced across the board. There's not anything that there's not anything that really kicks anything else in the teeth. Like no. You get just enough lobster, you get just enough briny salt, you get just enough chocolate. It's not bitter at all. There is no bitterness in this beer. No, it's not. Some people have said it's a little beer, uh, bitter, but I disagree with I that. Disagree, I disagree, yeah. I, I think it's smooth. It's dark chocolate, you can tell that, which I guess dark chocolate maybe is a little bitter by nature, but it's really not... When you think of bitter, you don't really get that. You know, It's not, it's not that punch that a bitter gives you. It's like a smooth, a smooth, not sweet chocolate taste. You get just the pure dark chocolate taste. And look, on this show, we know our chocolate beers because despite the fact that we're not big chocolate lovers. <laughs> this is like the fifth, fifth this is like or sixth one. or sixth chocolate yeah. beer. But uh, yeah, it, we've had, definitely had some bitter chocolate beers in our past that were way more bitter than this. I really don't detect any bitterness from that chocolate in there. I think it's probably canceled out maybe by the briny taste, the briny sweet taste. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. Um, 
You know, it's it's weird, too. Most people seem to be giving this thing a pretty good rating for it to be all the way down at a 78. I'm trying to see if somebody doesn't like it. Oh, uh, one person said, uh, smell is mostly basil with a faint bit of chocolate and lobster. Taste taste is basil, chocolate, and lobster. Very weird, but not terrible. Um, I don't really get a basil taste. Do you get that? Uh, I get basil more on the nose, more on the aroma. Yeah, I, th- I think the aroma is more basil, but I don't think the taste really has basil in it. It does. It's very, very faint. Yeah. And I think it might be what my brain is translating to, like a salty quality. That's what I'm yeah, kind of guessing. That's it. Is yeah. that I think it maybe that's what gives me a little salty taste, and it's at the you know at the roof of my mouth. Yeah, I think most people's complaints about this are just the fact that they don't like the lobster mixed taste, which I don't know what you expected. It's called chocolate yeah, lobster. Yeah, why are you drinking a chocolate lobster beer <laughs> if you don't like lobster drink? Somebody said no lobster uh, flavor included. That's definitely incorrect. It's definitely there. Yeah. Like you said, if they added more, it would be too much. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's a very nicely balanced beer. So, ratings. Light vinegar. Uh, there is maybe a light vinegar taste. I'll give ratings. that to you. Like a salt vinegar, yes. Yeah. You want to go or you want me to go? Uh, I'll go first. I All think right. we have to rate this by character. So, we have, to, we have to limit it to Merman, Mossman, who is always moist, or Aquaman, or Creature from Black Lagoon. So, it's a very well-balanced beer, as we've said. I think, I think it really hit on target for what... I was expecting out of this beer. And I think that's because when you think of lobster and the combination of chocolate, you think, you think about everybody's favorite Valentine's day present. And because nothing speaks to the heart more than that, but lobster. I think they were straight on target for what they were trying to do. Uh, and it is a, I did not expect to like the beer. However, I really didn't. I expected to be maybe impressed by what they'd done, but I didn't expect to like the beer. And I actually like this beer. And I'm not, and it's a little sour and briny, and I'm not a brine fan. I really don't like, I hate pickles. I hate anything pickled. I hate briny flavors. But this so is weird. working for me. This is really working for me. So I would have to give this beer, I, I don't know, I have to go for the for, for the premier aquatic superhero. I have to give this an Aquaman, which means I'm actually going to, believe it or not, I'm going to give this beer a five out of five. Because wow. I, because I think, again, not my favorite beer. That's an entirely different thing. But I tell you why I give it, it's because they hit on every note. I think they it's a smooth drinking beer. It's nice in the mouth, very light. Five out of five. And they gave me a briny taste and some but not didn't make me sick to my stomach with drinking lobster. So they hit on all points. Not my favorite beer. It's not something I would probably reach for regularly, but I'm impressed by what they've delivered. Yeah, this is Above and beyond expectation, for sure. I thought it was going to be kind of lame, to be honest with you. I thought it'd be another one of those bit beers where they say something's going to taste a certain way, and then you taste it, and you're like, eh, I don't know, maybe, but I don't really sense it. This thing, from top to bottom, hits bottom. every single note that they tried for. It has chocolate and a nice, nice-tasting chocolate in it. has a lobster taste to it, which is great. It's a little briny, makes you think of the sea, has a little salt. I mean... It's probably one of the best chocolate beers I've ever had because I like the counterbalance to it being just chocolate. Like we said before, not always the you know biggest chocolate fan, uh, although we do have a chocolate peanut butter beer war coming up, so we're going to have even more chocolate. <laughs> but uh, I like things that are in mixed in with the chocolate. You know, like that's why I think this is better, and I think saltiness really helps. Like if I if I eat something sweet, I immediately have a desire to eat something salty or something uh savory to counter it out yeah i'm much more of a savory 
uh, confection person. Yeah, exactly. Me too. So I think that's part of why I love this so much, and I really like the balance quite a bit. So for me, I don't really understand the complaints that I've read here other than if that's not what you wanted, you probably shouldn't have reached for this one. Mm-hmm. I think Dogfish did it again with a good experimental beer. Uh, they introduced me to IPAs in a very pleasant way, and they just keep on. They've introduced me to the best lobster beer I've ever had. Yeah, they which were like is maybe the only one I've ever had. Dogfish was like the guy in the white panel van that's handing out kids, uh, pretty much to kids. That's yeah, how they got you new IPAs. It was a literal white uh, white <laughs> panel van. And now, as I've said many times, it's you know one of my favorite beer styles. So I got to go ahead and give that to uh, Dogfish as well for introducing me to that. So, for me, I have to give this one as well a five out of five. Which means it is a full top to bottom Aquaman. Yeah! <laughs> well, thanks for listening to Brew Bloods episode 57. Thanks for coming back. If this is your first time, you should subscribe to the show. It's pretty easy to do. I'm going to so go ahead and get out of here and drink the rest of your growler. <laughs> it's completely free. All you have to do is go to brewbloods.net, and there are links to uh, everything. iTunes, Google Play, RSS. Stitcher, tune in, uh, and probably some other platforms I can't think of right now. But if there's a platform out there, we're probably on it. Can you go directly in a browser? Uh, you could. You could listen directly in a browser if that's the way you prefer. We're not on YouTube. If if you prefer to listen that way, I I need to fix that. Apparently, it's a thing now that people listen to podcasts over YouTube. Whatever. We'll get there eventually. And maybe. we're we're trying to get on Spotify, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, really, we're going big time. We're that's trying. Nice. It's going to be tough. I've submitted the application, so we'll see what mm. happens. Rejected immediately. <laughs> Probably so. Uh, if you would do us a favor, leave us a review on iTunes. It does help us, and we would appreciate it if you if you really like us. Leave us a review. Check us out on all the social networks: Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Don't leave us. Just leave us a review. Leave us a review, and yeah, don't leave us. Yeah. Please go back. Oh God. At least stay subscribed, even if you don't you don't listen. That's okay. If you have any feedback on the show, you can email us at brewbloodsshow at gmail.com or if you have news like Nikki Bay has provided us and a couple others. Yes, news would be very helpful. Uh, call us 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337 if you have any comments or a tiny one-minute review of some beer you like or maybe don't like for some reason. And you can also go to our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash brewbloods. Yeah, let's get a little clarity on that. If you do actually want to trash a beer, we will we will play it. We just may counter you out and say that you're a fool for doing that, depending on which one it is. That's true. But it's perfectly fine to do, and we would appreciate it. But uh, keep it to a minute or less. Yes. All right, we'll catch you guys next week for episode 50. Really, if it's over a minute, we'll probably still play it, because we haven't gotten any yet. Of Brewbloods. For Dustin, I am Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probst. Probst. I'm a lobster. <laughs>